Hey guys, uh, this is episode 15 of Biomast. Welcome, nope. and we appreciate everybody. Okay, episode 14. 14. God, 14. Me again. <laughs> so it's episode 14 of Biomast. Uh, really appreciate everybody popping on into either our uh, our live stream or following us up on the Biomast channel and game. Uh, really appreciate that. And for all the folks that uh, download us off iTunes every week, we really do appreciate it. Uh, so tonight we've got a pretty pretty interesting mix of folks quite a few of the recently elected cpm1 members on and uh apparently i've just been fired from intro duties because this is the 17th time in the row out of the 14 shows we've been on that i've not been able to get the episode number right so that's good stuff um and, and for the record sarizel did change his screen name once more here in the mumble chat which you guys can't that, see in the I audience did that <laughs> last week i did that last week and i didn't change it this week this is the same one i had last week and even even Jackal changed his username last week. So well, yeah, but he was being dark and brooding. <laughs> you you were just following true form of changing your name. <laughs> okay, so uh, tonight we're uh, it's a little bit looser of show tonight. Uh, it's a little slow in the game, so we'll probably have a lot of a lot of different little things that, to to kind of talk about and just kind of uh, see how things are going. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll probably keep it to a fairly brief show tonight. Again, uh, really appreciate everybody uh, dialing into us uh, to listen to either live or pull us on iTunes. So with that, we're going to go jump right in. We're going to start with uh, introductions. So uh, Iron Wolf, why don't you kick it off? Hello, my name is Iron Wolf. I am CPM1 Delict. I am this normal gamer hanging around this time. Awesome. Okay. And Derek? Hey guys, Terry from OSG, uh, tech support here on Biomass. Alright, cool, cool. Pokey? Uh, Pokey Draven, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and uh, host on on Biomass. Alright, and Sir Manboy? Uh, yes, yeah, Sir Manboy here, one of the directors for Molon Labe and a CPM1 elect. Glad to be here, as always. Alright, cool. And your favorite CPM1, Sarizel. For the record, I'm reading his screen name, not, not what did yeah. we actually call him that. Believe it or not, actually, this actually placed me in the same spot on the on the uh, alphabetical list as I would be normally. So I, I just have to say that you know because there's nobody apparently between S the S O and Z um, or, and Y today. So um, yeah, I'm Sarizel. <laughs> I'm a CPM right. one elect. I'm gonna um, call it. I'm gonna call it now. Next week he's gonna change the name to the most excellent CPM one Sarizel. I'm doing that now. I have to. I can't not do that. Um, but <laughs> these, you know, the things that are on the 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 name the the screen names in the mumble chat. That's supposed to be private, darn it. Um, but it, anyways, I'm also um, an alliance leader of the Top Men Alliance in Dust Five One Four, a member of the Bastion and Eve Online, um, and I am a co-host here on the podcast. Awesome. Okay, and Zatara. Hey, hey, this is uh, Zatara Rot. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Fatal Lab Solution, and uh, I'm also a CPM1 elect. Nice. And Pokey, did we get you? Yeah, you did. Okay, cool. Yeah, it just all went by so fast. This is a blur. The uh, okay. So with, with that, guys, you know, like I said, it's a little bit more of a freeform show tonight. What I kind of like to do is go a little bit around the horn and just kind of talk about some of the things you've been trying out in game. Anything that's uh, that's been striking you that you want to. Uh, you know, throw throw some SP in this. This maybe outside your normal gameplay and a little bit about what you've been doing or, or tactics that you've been trying in the game. Uh, like I said, kind of freeform tonight, and we'll we'll get it going. Uh, so we can just kind of open it up to the room if anybody's got anything. 
And I guess for me, I've just been maxing out everything I can on my commando, just trying to get that fully fleshed out. And I'm kind of waiting on to see what the exact changes are for Charlie to see if I want to go into a different Lodgy suit, maybe one of the uh, changed assault suits, something like that. Just uh, I kind of want to see where the cards lie. It's, it's going to be interesting, though. I'm looking forward to the changes. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair statement. I've probably got about four, four and a half million SP cooking. That I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens with with uh, Hotfix Charlie whenever that comes out. Uh, let's see, Iron Wolf. What about you, man? You you try pretty much everything in the game. I mean, you're you're definitely. I know you you tout the Omni Soldier title, but you're one of the few that actually really does follow that. What are you What are you working on right now? Well, I just recently finished the Mimitar Salta level 3, so I should be running around with that. And afterwards, I'm planning on... Afterwards, I'm planning on uh, trying to get the vehicles um, brought up and more up to speed with uh, modules. Okay, alright. That'll, that'll work. How about you, Superman Boy? What are you doing, man? Uh, about 90-95% of the time I'm playing Logi still, uh, mostly Word. in the Gout Logi suit, running dual scanners, um, not finding a whole lot of utility in my other Logi suits, unfortunately, especially with respect to the Kaldari and the Amar. Still pull out the Mimitar from uh, time to time when I've got a heavy to rep. Uh, so really just using my gal a lot, the gal Logi, but it's working out pretty good because that uh, scanner bonus is pretty sweet when you've got... Um, two of the uh, Creodons, I believe I'm using on that one, which uh, essentially with the 30-second cooldown and um, the target visibility with the bonus and everything, you can almost keep scans up nonstop, which is pretty helpful when you're in a squad. Uh, but right now, I'm also working on some stuff for my heavy. Um, that's sort of like my secondary role that I like to play around with. Uh, recently got into the Forge gun, got it all the way up to proficiency five today and i've got my reload and ammo up to four so that's kind of fun to get into something new and uh speaking of logi stuff since this is kind of an open show one of the little heartbreaks that i suffered uh, over the last 24 hours with respect to charlie was noticing that the uh the wp for injector changes aren't going to go through they were scratched out so i'm uh, i did i did not notice that is there a reason for that i i guess technical um, but yeah, it's scratched out. If you look at the Charlie update thread, it's right there in plain sight for everybody. So that was uh, kind of a letdown. I was really hoping that that was going to make it. So yeah. yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. That's like one of the ones, that's one of those changes that have been asked for. Uh, you know, it's like a small change, but it, it's, it's the difference between making a piece of equipment valuable or not. Sure. Um, and, and a lot of people don't realize how useful, like if you run like an advanced or really a proto needle, um, I've used that to, to really good effect in PCs and stuff. Cause you know, if you stab an armor tank, uh, suit with those things, they just pop back up at like 90 to hundred percent. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, it, it's pretty serious. There's, there's no rep tool that can match it, but you lose probably, I think total couple hundred war points off of it. And that was really going to incentivize the use of, of the proto needles, which I thought was going to be a great thing. And I'm hoping that we can find other ways to do that if we can't actually, you know, alter the WP. I mean, there's got to be something we can do to make that a more popular item in the community. And, um, you know, I've definitely been discussing, uh, you know, those kind of proposals with my fellow CPM1, you know, members and trying to throw some ideas at Logibro too, you know, and I think, I think we've got some other ideas that we can work on, but I, when I actually saw that today in the Charlie thread and I confirmed that that wasn't going through, that actually was a big letdown. 
Yeah, that, no, that's uh, that's unfortunate. I'm gonna have to go back and, and read that up one since I'm a, I'm a pretty dedicated, dedicated. support logic as well. The uh, I, I was really looking forward to seeing what they did uh, as the secondary changes in, in Charlie. Because my assumption is it's still primarily focused on the assault suits and, and that kind of jazz. It's unfortunate, but um, basically there are things that we'll, because we're still exploring what sort of things we can and cannot hotfix in a game, and. Uh, like the letdown today was is finding out finding out that um injector needles being uh, separated by war points by grade level is one of those things. Well, I mean it's it's one of those that on the surface you it it's probably it seems to a lot of players that it would be extraordinarily easy to fix you know almost like figures in a you know in a database basically and uh, and then when you find out it's not that means it's probably tied to other things or there's tendrils that work into different areas that are probably not readily apparent. And I think that's one of the things that uh, I'll just kind of offer to the CPM guys in the room, which pretty much everybody, but me and Derry, by the way, um, that's one of the things that would be really helpful to the community is as you guys understand uh, and really understand what the envelope is that you can work around, that's, uh, you know, pretty pretty useful to the community in order for them to provide feedback to you. And some of you, you know, honestly, you know, like the Warpoint thing for the needles, that we, we may not know that until we, we suggest it, they try to figure it out and they come back and say, yeah, we just can't do that. So, but at least having that kind of dialogue with the players, I think is, is pretty huge. Cause you know, I, I would have thought that would have been a slam dunk, like very easy to do, but that also shows you how, how much I don't know about, you know, actual putting ones and zeros in a game too. Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a big thing is if you think about it, they're, you know that it, if it's a, a single database field, you know that says, "Well, this is worth this many war points." If they were to just change that field, that's easy. But it, what you're talking about is is changing different fields. So it it really comes down to, you know, was it was it written so that said war points affect every 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 type of of equipment, or if each equipment had the same war point value listed. And so, you know, it, it add, if it didn't have it that way, then you have to add additional um, logic in there to determine what type of what type of gear is being used. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. That's totally understandable. How about, how about you, Zell? What have you been working on in game? Um, well, so it, actually shooting things, um, I've been uh, still sticking with heavy suits more than anything else. Um, probably a bit more HMG lately than my my forge gun. That that's my usual amusement. Um, I gravitate between the two, though. So, um, but uh, the other big thing I've been focusing on lately is that uh, you know I, I let the alliance um, has just been kind of laid back a bit, and uh, we we've actually taken some big new pushes in in uh, recruiting uh, new corps and, and players recently. So, um, for example, we actually just picked up uh, three different corps in the last 24 hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've actually been noticing a fair amount of uh, you know pretty active recruiting going on and cross recruiting. People are starting to. Uh, I, it just seems like there's a lot. There's more movement than there usually is. Maybe maybe it's just a random observation, but there, there's a lot of people moving around. I, I I still contest that I see a bunch of new guys coming into this game like more than I have in a while. Maybe because I'm looking for them, you know. Uh, I'm trying to keep an eye out for them. So, but there's there's a lot of newer players floating around this game, like more so than I, I I would have thought, you know. Well, that's why the whole mentality that dust is dead, I just, I don't buy into it because I see a lot of new people all the time that are truly new. And it's like, well, people are obviously still interested in the game enough to try it out. So, you know, to give up on it is, is kind of pointless now. 
we need to keep trying and making a better experience for, so we can encourage those new players to actually you know move to legion if possible yeah i th- i think that's a pretty fair way to to look at it actually that is something i wanted to bring up to the to you guys uh, at some point later in the show hey uh zatara how about you brother what have you been working on um i've been actually um playing a lot with dropships so i uh i didn't know this this is not something that you know people had ever told me before but the um uh so i upgraded my missiles just from i had small turret operation whatever up to level five and uh but i only had missiles to level one so i got it up to level five and um I went from a militia missile up to a proto missile, and boy was I in for a huge change. Um, the rotation, like the movement speed of your actual dropship, seems super sluggish in comparison. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> oh, and yeah. I I had never experienced this before. I never had missiles. Uh, uh, I'd never changed missiles from from militia missiles to anything. Um, so I that was a huge huge thing for me lately is just noticing how sluggish my derp ship feels in comparison, and no and realizing now how easy it is for me to just hover. It's so much easier for me to hover now and just start taking people out. And uh, in in comparison to militia missiles that you know were super super sensitive for me to aim with, and uh, that that's just been that's been a huge for me anyway so that's that's what i've been uh working on other than that you know i just play the i just you know i've been working in pc and you know do what i do i, I still play quad precision scouts with uh with uh double damps and a shotgun instead of a combat rifle now because i realize that a combat rifle just does not have the dps to take someone down before they they turn on you and finish you off because you're running around with you know 200 dhp yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm totally with you on that. It's it's interesting. The uh, I had a lot of people ask me if small turret proficiency is worth it because it, you know when you're dealing with like light weapons or the heavy weapons or sidearm, but basically anything on the suit side, and you see proficiency equals some form of a damage buff, uh, whether it's flat damage or you know to a particular uh, damage flavor. When they see it on the turrets and they see it's a rotation speed they really scoff at it. They're like, I don't know about that. And I'm like, no, I don't trust me. <laughs> it's, it's pretty legit. It, it's uh, it's very helpful. So it's one of those hidden little things in there. Well, yeah. Well, and not the, just to clarify, not the, for the listeners, this is not proficiency. This is simply operation. The proficiency skill actually has zero use to me um, because I don't use gunners on my ADS. So the gunners actually get get benefits, as I understand it, from the proficiency skill on missiles because it actually increases your turn speed, like your of the turret itself. Whereas the derp ship, you know, the the main turret of it, you actually aim the drop ship. Yeah, um, no, that, that's correct. And, and, and the the tearing for the for the essentially the the light turret weapons, for lack of a better term, is purely for scaling for the for the, like the metal level of the weapon, or correction, that, that's the operation. The proficiency is generally about your ability to track faster. And where that comes into play, like for me, I, I use them in labs a lot, or I will, if I'm hopping on, on board, if I'm like uh, GCing or if I'm squad leading, I'll hop in a tank a lot of times, and I'll have the guy put like a small rail turret on it. Uh, and I'm pretty maxed out on small rail turrets, and it becomes extremely lethal uh, at that point. Particularly something like a um, like a small rail, because it's got a very slow tracking speed. So that 25% is actually very, very noticeable when you're on the back of a lav or you're rolling around in somebody else's vehicle. Yep, that makes total sense. 
No, but I, I would tell you, you know, I, I messed around with missiles, but you're, you're spot on. The, uh, I have not put any SP into missiles. Uh, I had a friend of mine, he, he was playing around on his dropship and he loaded up rails on one side and then missiles on the other. And he showed me the difference, just like you were saying between like the, you know, the baseline missile turret that comes on the dropship basically. Um, and one that he, like the, what is it? The XT ones or, you know, whatever the proto missile is huge, huge difference. Uh, you can basically just aim at their feet and it, it'll splatter guys. Whereas with the baseline missile, it's at best, it's a harassing weapon. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, for me, you know, as far as it kind of goes, I'm kind of with Superman boy. I tend to play a lot of Logi and, uh, I've been branching out a little bit, trying to do a few different things, uh, working on scouts and commandos mostly, uh, using them in different roles and experience experimenting with different equipment op- options and things like that. Um, I'm, I'm a little torn right now. We kind of talked about it at the beginning of the show and, and a little bit before the show is, um, until I kind of have a better idea what's really going on with Heart, Hotfix Charlie or more likely when the target drop is for it. I'm kind of sitting on a lot of SP right now. Uh, so yeah, I've got about 41 million SP ish. And then I've got about another four that I'm banking. So I'm literally just trying to figure out, uh, what would be the next thing that I want to try. Um, I've toyed around with a couple different weapons and stuff like that, but I really think I think what I'll end up doing is trying something totally different. Uh, like I said, either putting more into the scouts. Um, I just have like advanced level scout suits basically, but actually putting more into that, the cloak, shotgun, stuff like that, and literally just trying something totally different than what I've uh, what I've been running for gosh, you know, almost two years now. Um, and I think that's that's kind of where my head's at right now. But like I said, a lot of it kind of comes down to what we think is going to happen in Charlie. Yeah, I'm excited um, for the uh, LP payout increases. I think that's going to be a, a really big uh, win when Charlie drops. I mean, obviously, we can't disclose what the exact number is going to be, but it's on the Charlie list, and uh, I'm confident, based on what I've heard so far, that that's going to really attract a lot of players to that. So I think that'll be something that'll breathe some new life into the game and maybe move some people out of pub matches and into uh into the uh faction warfare matches i think that could be a lot of fun you know that's that's actually something i wanted to bring up that that was um the the things that again on the surface that you think that they can do to faction warfare seems like that would be one of the fastest ways to create activity in the game because you know pc kind of is what it is and i don't don't know that they're going to be moving clone pack costs. I don't know how much more they're going to fiddle with that. It's just, it's, it's really tough uh, to basically do a court battle with a 24 hour timer. It, exactly. it's, just, it's not fun. Uh, but faction warfare is one of those things that you can walk in and pick guys up pretty much anytime. Uh, if you made it worthwhile to play and you could get some really, some fairly competitive matches in there. If they, they dialed up the, uh, you know, the payouts, I, I was doing the math the other day, we were, like some guys, we were going back and forth on the forums talking about it. And I basically try and, and what I was posing to them and, and what I would pose to you guys just to hear your comments on is what is, and, and I acknowledge the fact that you're, you may be guessing at things that you already know about, but, or at least have an inkling of, but conceptually, what is the break even point for an LP for LP victory? You know, so if I'm running X suit or X HAV or whatever, how much LP should I get back? Uh, you know, at what, you know, at what point should I get LP back that I'm now breaking even for lawsuits or lost vehicles? 
Um, and the example I use is me because that's that's what I know best. So when I do a uh, a fully stocked loyalty point store Logi, like I run a Cal Logi for, for the most part, occasionally a couple other ones, but generally a Cal Logi. And I will, when you run a Proto Cal Logi, I'm sitting at about 220 to 230 uh, ISK, 220, 230,000 ISK, by the way, per suit, fully kitted out. When you translate that, that mostly that same fit to an LP store that goes across three different factions to get everything I need to fit on it. Uh, and it runs somewhere around uh, 1,110 LP. And that's for one suit. And I think it would take me a dozen matches, depending on the faction, to get that, you know, depending on where mm -hmm. your standings are. That, that's that's pretty that's pretty outrageous. You know, if you think about it, even if you're level ten, I don't I, I, I don't believe I can recoup a single suit lost uh, at level ten under the current construct. And it just it didn't strike me as a good way of doing it. Yeah, I think it's got to be sustainable. Is what it comes down to. Is I think that it should be possible to live in fact war matches. Yeah, I mean, I always love doing faction warfare, but it's really hard to convince people to keep doing it. I mean, myself included. When it's like, well, okay, I got to go back to pubs to make the money back that I lost and really didn't get enough to, to make it worth my while. Because, I mean, the, the level of competition is nice. It's it's better than a pub match, but not quite as stressful as PC. So it's, it's kind of fun if you want a, a little extra, but you just you can't do it consistently. And it's, it's really sucks because I, I was very excited for, for Faction Work when it first came out. And, you know, I, you quickly realize you, you can't sustain an actual lifestyle on it. And it's, it's shitty. So I'm really looking forward to, to the increase personally. And I hope it's more than just sustaining, too. I hope it's quite forgiving. I mean, I think some of the best matches in this game are the ones where players throw caution to the wind and shit hits the fan and people engage. And uh, not only being able to recoup, but um, you know, being able to promote that kind of style of play in the game, I think would make it a lot more fun. And I'm hoping that these increased LP payouts are going to be more forgiving. I mean, it's, it's certainly hard to... Um, sustain in pub matches unless you're running the cheapest gear so uh, i'm hoping that uh you know this really changes things up quite a bit and, and results in perhaps a, a more action-packed game mode than your pub matches because the lp payouts are going to allow you to to get everything that you need and more so i guess we'll just wait and see but uh, i'm excited i think the possibility is really there to make that thing really be a home run so well and i think you really kind of hit the, the head of the nail there because it, it's Faction Warfare is riskier. I mean, there's obviously things that can happen in Faction Warfare that can't happen in a pub match. So, you know, going along with the classic, you know, phrase of, you know, risk-reward, if it's more risky, I should get more effective value out of a Faction Warfare match than I would a pub match. So the, the payout, it's in, you know, LP, obviously, but it needs to be worth more than what I would get in, say, uh, a pub match in terms of ISK. Because it is riskier, so I need to have a better reward to incentivize that. Otherwise, you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, even though the reward is the same, and that's that's never good. Yeah, that and and one thing that I, I was kind of thinking about, uh, and I was kind of going going back and forth on the like I said, going back and forth on the forums on this was uh, I recommended that they approach one. There's obviously going to be an needs to be an increase in the base payout, you know, per win, per loss, and then by standing. That and the, the standings grind in and of itself is is pretty pretty steep, you know. You know, particularly in the state of the game it is right now. Uh, but my my thought was they could actually take a page from how pubs pay out, so that your personal performance gives you a bonus or equals things out. 
and, and I would have I would have personally been pretty interested in that. Again, if you if you run a Logi or a vehicle, you're you're putting out a lot per capita, a lot more ISK slash LP, you know, per clone than somebody than most other people. And but you're getting the same payout. So it's a very, very ISK inefficient or LP inefficient way to run. And that's why I was kind of hoping you could get uh, you know, like I said, something that was based on, you know, some kind of increase based on personal performance. Yeah, one of the things that I'm really excited about, too, with respect to this, because if it is a big success and it does drive a lot of players to it because they're going to see that it does make their 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 characters, you know, more sustainable than or can sustain their players, I should say, better than the pub matches can, is if this becomes popular and a lot of these big corps start doing Q-Syncs and multiple large corps start, start doing Q-Syncs, we might end up with what will essentially be a dirty uh, you know, team deploy situation where large teams of people from the same, you know, corp or the same alliance start facing off against each other. And I think that is also a recipe for very exciting matches. So it, that's one of my hopes. If we can drive a lot of players to that game mode and we can get a lot of big uh, Q syncs going, um, that could result in a lot of fun, I think. I would concur. I mean, like, like I said, if you're not, you know, with the state of PC as it is now, there's very little. There's very little, I guess, reason to play PC other than just to say that you have a district. Whereas uh, you can get the same or better play, frankly, uh, in some good faction warfare matches when you run up against a couple Q Sync teams. That that has at least been my experience in it. And the fact that I don't have like I don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to do it is mm-hmm. pretty damn handy. So one of the other things, let, let's see, what was it? Uh, there's something else about faction warfare that I saw Rotati start started. It was something actually pretty innocuous. I think it was actually, he's pushing for, I think forum titles. Does that make sense? Yeah. Forum titles, um, you know, tied to your faction warfare standings, which I don't know, but, but it, it seems like a, another, it's a, one of those small things you can do for players, but it continues to reinforce, I think, the desire to engage the current community, which is, you know, to me, probably a very positive thing. They have that in the E. I'm not a big on the E forms. They have that in the E forms already, don't they, for the faction warfare? No, they don't. I think. Oh, okay. Well, again, like Jay said, I think that helps with the immersion a bit. It kind of helps you show off, and it does encourage faction warfare play because people will do do things for titles. So I, I think that's that'd be really cool if they can actually pull it off. I mean, one of the ideas bounced around was to be able to swap your portraits too, but that hasn't happened yet either. Huh. That would be kind of actually a neat, neat little thing to do. I think, I think that's kind of my general impression over the last week or two is that there, there are so many little things that could be done. Um, you know, Ritati will probably never, never have his list go dry of quote unquote little things that on the surface don't sound like much, but they, they might mean something to, to some players or might go again a little bit further in sustaining the, uh, the current dust community. Well, and I, the thing I keep preaching is that, you know, there, there's a certain amount of time that they can put into dust and a certain amount of resources. And so for me, it's saying, what can we do with X number of resources and X number of man hours that gives the biggest benefit right now? And I mean, there's lots of stuff that's probably later than later down the line that's less resource efficient that they can do. But I think, like you said, there's a lot of little things that could probably be hammered out pretty quickly that would actually add quite a bit. I mean, they seem 
trivial and on their own, but I think you know you kind of added that immersion. You increase the 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 quality of the game bit by bit very quickly with these quick, easy changes. I mean, I say easy tentatively, but you know the the fact that there's there's things you can do right now that add quite a lot, and I think they need to focus on that the most rather than big sweeping things that are going to take a long time because you know I'd rather get more bang for my buck right now than than later on when we can kind of take a little bit slower. No, I, th- I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, if you guys don't mind, what I'd like to do is kind of bridge over to a slightly slightly different topic, but on a related note to our you know our last discussion there about little things and and uh, dust. Um, I think probably the biggest piece of news that we've had recently is that uh, the Oceana sh- server is going to shut down. Uh, and for for everybody, for those of you that don't know that are listening, the Oceana server is essentially the Australian time zone server. Uh, it's it is basically the home server for the Aussies and for quite a few people in the uh, in the Pacific area. It's not the Asian server. That's slightly di- that that is a different and distinct uh, server. Uh, but that's something that actually uh, got teed up to quite a few Aussies here uh, here recently. Which and they have a, a fairly strong minority inside the game. I mean, they're pretty vocal. They're they're big supporters. They have been, and uh, it's a it's a pretty serious blow to them when you, when you kind of start dropping their server. Uh, and one of the things that you hear some people talk about, some other pundits and stuff like that, kind of there, you know, there's a little, a little bit of woes. me. He's like, okay, is that the first one? And is that the first domino to go before they, they truly shut dust off? Technically, yes, it, it is since it's the first for a server to go down, but I still figure they've got at least 12 to 18 months of very solid, you know, dust play before Legion is anywhere near the, the point where they can actually migrate players to it. Um, and that's just sort of my, you know, ballpark shot at it. Uh, but I'd kind of like to hear what your guys' thoughts are on the uh, Oceana server uh, yeah. being closed out. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that they, they that there was a... Uh, there was a there was a certain video where people were discussing whether or not this was the uh, beginning of the end of, of server shutdowns, but it really came down to the fact that they're they're going to maintain the the you know hardware infrastructure needed for the players who are playing, and if there wasn't enough people playing on that that server, um, then it's both not worth the cost to keep it up, and it's you know people were using it to to circumvent normal gameplay, I guess as well. So. You know, you, you look at those two things combined, and I don't think it's any wonder why it was shut down. It does really, really suck for that that community, though. Um, you know, particularly for uh, Final Resolution, which is uh, primarily, um, you know, Oceanic uh, region players. Yeah, my sympathies are definitely with the Aussie and Kiwi bros down there who uh, have to deal with this. It's unfortunate. I mean, CCP has their reasons, but uh, yeah, that stinks. Um, I don't know how that's going to ultimately affect their gameplay experience. I don't know if they're going to, you know, deal with more lag and things like that. But, uh, you know, I feel bad for those guys because there's a lot of good players down there in that part of the world. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're not feeling real great about this decision. Yeah, I mean, let's make it clear. Nobody's turning the game off for them, uh, but they will probably get longer pings and they will... Uh, probably experience a little bit more lag than uh, that somebody with a home server, like you know, like if you're in North America and you're playing off the North American server. So it, it might affect their individual gameplay. But but let's be clear, nobody's actually being blocked or shut down from the game. They still have a pipe into it. Uh, it's just a slightly longer way to get into the game. Well, I mean, one of the things that I, I noticed was I I think in that announcement it stated 
it wasn't just that they'd moved to one server or the other, but that they'd that individual players may be you know directed to either the Asian or um, American server based on um, the particular routing of their ISP. And while I understand from a, a technical sense that um, the ISP routing does make a difference on you know what your performance in game is, um, it also means potentially that that community has just been split in half. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I didn't think about that. Uh, hmm, okay. But, well, there's still nothing stopping them from going to their server um, selection and changing it to either Asian or Americans, whatever they decide to prefer. Yeah, no, I, and that's a fair point. And, and what I would tell you is, um, like a lot of times in the morning, if I'm trying to catch a match or two, uh, like before I head off to work or something like that, um, I would actually change over to the Euro server because you get better fights because it's in their prime time from, you know, based on where I'm at in the U S and that's, uh, you know, there's a technique I've used for a long time is you find out who's got prime time server and then you, you get your fights on there, uh, depending on when your play time is. So, I mean, like I said, it, it's, it's not a great thing, but hopefully what it'll do is it'll continue to, uh, you know, feed active and consistent players into the into the servers and into the matches which is never a bad thing uh by the way uh, so i i did want to address it because i know that that caused some consternation by people um you know but it's one of those things that yet yeah, you do have to kind of talk about it's not good um and and overall for the you know probably for the health of the game it's probably not a bad thing but like i said um, I'm, I'm a very much of a pragmatist on this. You know, we, we all realize that at some point, you know, Legion is the answer. Uh, and Dust is actually a very fun game to play. Uh, but, you know, it's on it's on a clock. And, and what we all desire is that, you know, that clock is really not an end game, but that clock is literally a transfer point to Legion. Uh, and I think that's what, uh, what a lot of people are really getting their head around now. And even this long after the FanFest announcement, I think that a lot of people um, are, you know, are aware of that, and they're continuing to play because they do want to get into Legion. And what I've kind of seen generally, and again, this is a, you know, kind of my observation data point of one, you know, like from myself, is that uh, even though a lot of veteran players moved on to different things, as new guys come in or guys that aren't quite as bitter stay on, uh, they're they're very keenly interested in uh, making the bridge to Legion and. Uh, the best thing I can kind of describe that is to players that started playing within the last six months um, or, or let's say since like last November, like since 1.8 dropped, um, this is a much, much different game than it was when it was released in beta or when it was first released to us. So to them, the game feels like it's a different quality than what a lot of us say it is. Let me put it that way. It's not a triple A shooter, but it's still a pretty good game, particularly for the price they're paying, which is technically nothing. Um, so that that was the first thing that was kind of, you know, like I said, a couple guys kind of made that real to me the other day that you know, they saw the game through a different light than I did. And I I'm, tend to be a pretty positive guy about the game. Uh, but to them, the game is different because we've seen, you know, this massive, you know, rocky start. They've seen it up to a certain point. The other thing is because I think they're just less jaded than, than, than a lot of the player base, the old school player base is. Um, they're very excited about basically playing the game for you know a year for free here and there, and then building up some skills, and then letting it transfer to Legion. So they're they're actually quite interested in that. Uh, so it's kind of a it's very unfortunate. It's I'm not going to call it a changing of the guard or anything like that, but I do think that the player base has you know there's been a turnover in the player base. 
which is still you know small but fairly consistent uh, in terms of the numbers. So at least that was my observation. That was one thing I wanted to kind of bring up to you guys, or at least just tee up for for a quick discussion. It's probably our last topic for the night. Um, and what your guys' thoughts on that are? It's it's I've actually had a friend of mine that recently started playing like last two weeks and. I, I asked her, you know, so what, 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 what do you think? You know, she's like, well, it's a lot to handle, but, you know, she actually was enjoying it. And I think that was, like you said, a bit of a, in contrast to what we are used to thinking like, oh, God, it's just an awful game. You know, it's it's been so messed up and rocky. But I think, you know, to a, to a new player, they haven't seen the change that we've had to go through. And they haven't seen things get nerfed or anything like that. So they just see the end result, which, like you said, is it's jaded for us because we think oh well, i had this and they nerfed it it's terrible now but for them it's that's just the way it is and so i think that it, it's a bit of more of a pure perspective on it so i think it's good to always keep talking to new people and try to bring them in in getting a, a improving your own perspective on how things are actually going and not letting the bitterness get too too out of hand because I, I know a lot of people just that the bitterness is is pretty intense and i i try to keep a, a pretty positive outlook like you do but you know, even I'm kind of grumbling at times because of, of things that have happened or, or how far they haven't gotten despite prior promises. But, you know, I, I think overall it's, you know, kind of learn something from the new people and, and see how we can move forward and make it better um, rather than dwelling on, on the past and whatnot. Yep. No, I, that's, I, I think that's a pretty pragmatic approach. What are, how about you guys? What, uh, what else do you guys think on that? I think it's a, you know, when you're a new player going into a game where there are vets with, you know, like me, nearly 60 million skill points, or plenty of people in the 40s and 50s as well, it's a pretty it's a pretty tough thing to walk into. My hope, uh, and you know, maybe I'm a little too optimistic here with this, is you know, one of the other things that I think will be good about a better faction warfare situation uh, is that guys are going to have much lower barriers to getting to better gear through the LP store. And I, I hope that that does some good for the lower SP players and the new people coming into the community, because if they're buying their gear strictly with ISK and um, you know, with their low SP totals um, it's, it's really tough to compete out there. I mean, it, it's, it's really hard. So um, maybe faction warfare will help uh, the changes in faction warfare will help in that regard too. At least I hope, hope so. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought if, that ideally you should have that, uh, you know, kind of that high sec, low sec, null sec feel to the game where, you know, high sec should in theory be um, so, somewhat, um, geared towards uh, the newer players i think and and it, it's been i think having all of the uh the top tier players having nowhere else to get money but uh pubs is is not helpful well i'm kind of going off what certain man boy said i'm i'm glad to see that the potential for getting better gear early on is is there i think that for a lot of new players they see guys running around in their proto assault suit and you t and they ask you know how do i get that and I have to tell them, well, you've got to go through three levels of frame suits and five levels of an assault suit to get there. And not that people shouldn't be rewarded for putting their time and effort into SP, but I also think that in a, a free-to-play game, if 
a player doesn't feel like they're being rewarded uh, fairly early, they aren't going to stay interested because they feel that the time barrier is just too much to overcome. So I think it'll be good to kind of have a structure where they've got options to maybe maybe get some of that high-level gear a little bit quicker. It'll be harder to do, but they actually have that option available to them, and they, they can feel like they can actually advance and, and gain kind of a a bit of an advantage, or, or at least lessen their disadvantage against some of the veteran players. And I think that'll go a long way in helping new players feel a little more... Uh, useful i guess in, in the game rather than the the, the wall of well, i'm shit I'm, I'm 40 million sp behind that guy i'm screwed i'll never catch up to him so i think maybe rewarding them a little bit earlier is is going to go a long way in, in making the new play experience a lot better yeah i, th- I think that's i think you're definitely on to something with that it, it's it's kind of interesting uh, as you look back and you try to uh read into what's going on with the different, uh, you know, kind of the different tiers of folks uh, in the game. Uh, But like I said, very interesting topic. Well, it's something I also see a lot with veteran players talking about wanting a respec and whatnot. And they say, well, I I want to try new things and I need a respec to do that. And I'm like, you know, you, you can just get SP like anyone else and spend it on something new. And I think as veterans, we're a little jaded in that we want to have the very top tier thing right away because that initial grind is such a pain in the ass to get to where we want to go. I mean, if you want yeah. to get to be a Logi suit, it's a shitload of SP you've got to get through. And as a veteran, we're like, ah, I've got my proto assaults so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to deal with getting into the Logi stuff. And we forget how much of a barrier that really is. And the fact that we feel we need a respect to make that worthwhile, I think is really telling that for a new player, it's awful trying to get into the suit they want uh, particularly like in the case of Galaji suit, because you, there are no frame suits with multiple gear slots that I know of. So I tell people, well, you may like Logi, but you've got to go through three levels of this to even try it out. And I think that that barrier is, is really hindering. And I think it, it really kind of ruins a lot of the new new player experience because of that. They've got to get past that SP wall. And it's, it's, it's frustrating because you see these other guys that have been here forever for two years like the rest of us and it's like i'll, I'll never catch up to that why bother you know it, it takes well, too long you know the, the one thing i would say about that that is a little bit deceptive is i can you know any of it and like we've said it before in the show is like any of us can you probably in here can run a you know a standard fit suit like literally like tier one all standard gear and if you threw us into like a, a match full of newbies, just the the s the passive skills that we have alone give us a decisive advantage. And the fact that you know the maps, and the fact that you understand how the mechanics work on all the games, and you understand what works, what doesn't work, you know that kind of stuff. Just the knowledge base and the passive SP that you have, I, I personally think that is a far more decisive uh, advantage than people running proto gear. And, and I would tell you that. You know, every time I hear somebody beefing about dudes, you know, curb stomping people in pubs and proto gear, I'm, I hate to, you know, and this is the part where I swear to God, I, I sound like some of the people that the star hangs out with now. The, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally, it's literally like, hey man, I got 600 million SP in my wallet, or, you know, it's 600 million ISK in my wallet. I, I grinded, I ground, I guess that's the right word for long enough to run that proto gear. And I've got all those skills to five. Why should I not run it? You know, I will. I will never be able to run out of money at this point. And that's. And it's unfortunate. It's. It's not. I'm literally not trying to be mean, but it's like proto proto gear is not the problem. It. I mean, I think we've all said it at one time or another. Matchmaking is the problem. And with the player base as big as it is, i.e., as small as it is, 
you are always going to have guys with 40, 50 million SP playing against guys with five. And, and that's, it's ugly, but that's it. That is what it is. Well, I think well, a lot of the issue arises and there's a lot of, there's a lot of advantages that you get. Like you said, just having knowledge of the game is an advantage. Just having more passive skills is an advantage and just having better gears is an advantage. So as a veteran, you have so much going for you over a newbie and it takes so long to gain those advantages. I mean, passive skills are going to be, you know, that's always the deciding factor that you're going to, you know, more passive skills is going to be your main advantage. But the fact that it takes so long to get proto gear for a new guy, he can't overcome that disadvantage of a guy of a two-year veteran with proto gear. I mean, the two-year vet's going to have the passive skills, sure, but it's going to take that that new player so long to get better gear that he is stuck with that extreme disadvantage of multiple things stacked against him. And I think that's really what's killing people is that it takes level five to get that proto suit rather than something maybe a little bit lo- lo- lower and that's why they it takes a long to get catch up you know and that's what pisses people off and makes them very frustrated as new players and i and think I, was- uh, I think another thing too is that it's and this this factors into just not people not um the new players not getting the right information put in front of them is uh you know as as uh someone mentioned you see you know people see the proto suit and they say oh i want one of those how do i get that but in reality, what happens is, is the drop suit skills are such a huge SP investment, but comparatively, they actually provide a very low return. Um, I mean, for a, I would say for probably the first six eight months of gameplay, I did not have I did not have a proto suit. Um, I had proto weapons. I had a massive number of. of did you say six to eight months? It might have been yeah. It it you know the thing is though. It, because you're you're looking at a, a gameplay design where you can get more out of the passive skills, you can get more out of the weapon skills than you'll ever get out of the drop suit skills. I mean, when at the point where I started pushing into proto drop suits was when I didn't have a better thing to spend my skill points on, because the you know getting your your uh, weapon operation up to five making sure your passives are decked out, they're 10 times more valuable than the proto suits. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of new players maybe don't realize. Well, it's a pitfall I see in EVE a lot of times. People will train the ship and they have no support skills and they get their ass kicked because the ship isn't the most important part. You know, there's no support skills, and that's really not hammered in either. I think in general it's just the SP barrier for what you need to be at least viable is, is rather high. And I think that's that's a lot of a problem. But I mean, like it's like when you find people who have the, uh, you know, if you look at the the core armor and core shield upgrade skills, each providing twenty five percent HP um, buff, and you find people who have skilled into, um, you know, a prototype drop suit, and they don't even have that, and it's like there's no point. You're you're wearing less than you know a, a standard suit without you know with those passives because you went for the proto suit instead of going and getting your passives first well that's probably a lesson that isn't really hammered in i think that you know for in in whatever form it needs to be kind of shown that the the proto suit is not the most important part you know you need to level things evenly and not just go straight for the shiniest thing in in the toy box you know Oh, another factor that they both Eve and Dust failed to hammer home is the fact that on day one you could still be a useful player, despite um not having all the skills and um all the skills and all the gear and equipment. 
I mean, it, Gunstorm has ex exemplified this song rather often on EVE Online, and in Dust 514, it is highly possible that a brand new player out of the box could potentially still kick a prototype person's ass. Happens all the time, bro. All the time. Not to me. <laughs> I think worse than the SP thing is, like, even if the new guy, you know, busts his tail to finally get into that proto suit, you know, good luck having enough ISK to afford to run it. You know, it's like a person who buys a house, but then they can't afford the mortgage payments. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I, I just, I feel bad for these guys because even when they break that barrier and they finally get into something cool, um, the way that, you know, the money flows in this game, the ISK, it just, it makes it really hard to sustain yourself. So, you know, again, going back to the faction warfare changes, maybe that'll improve the situation, but man, is it tough for new guys out there? Oh, well, I don't I got just, any prototype gear, so I wouldn't know what to suffer yet. I, I and well, here's the thing for me: like I, you know, and the, people are gonna, you know, think that I'm crazy, but I, I just don't think that um, when it comes to tank differences, that proto gear is vastly separated from advanced gear. Um, you know, like the only thing that proto gear does for me. Between you know, uh, for example, on my on my uh, aside from my Logi suit, because the equips are vastly different, um, and the CPU PG allows me to run proto equips, you know, and maybe this is also because heavy CPU and PG and uh, and uh, light suit CPU PG needs looked at, and it, it is being looked at currently. But I, I can, I mean, my tank differences on my heavy are virtually this. It's the virtually the same exact fit. Minus maybe you know 150 EHP or 75 EHP, um, and so like for for a lot of the a lot of the time like there's just unless you're min maxing there's just simply not a good reason to to risk all that money when you're not getting more than a half of a second in in uh, in more time to react versus an enemy. I think the differences really depend upon the class too. I feel like I can be very respectable in a basic or advanced heavy suit. But I notice big drop-offs when I lodgy, and there's plenty of people out there who would disagree with me of this, but I find that... Lodgies are huge. My lodgy yeah. game you, you is can. greatly enhanced with a proto-suit, like, I, by I would, a long I would, shot. I would tell you that if but you are running less than advanced, you're not running a lodgy suit. Well, no, and that's fair, but but you're also but what you're describing though is it it goes down to um, the relative effectiveness by tier, the relative ISK efficiency by tier by class, because when they went into tier side with the vehicles, you know that was the big beef you heard from the tanker community. I mean, po Pokey can tell you all all day long about it. Uh, when a militia tank was outperforming or was performing exactly at the same level of efficiency that a, a dialed out tank was. That was ins that's that's a little bit insane. Your gear really sh like the is the SP that you put into it, into gaining access to those higher tiers. That that should mean something. I mean, I I have to say that 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 should mean something. It's not all about um, you know the passes, but there there should be a higher end uh, reward for that. So I think that's that that is some, something to consider. But I think you guys are spot on just then. Is like it's very different by suit. And I don't know what it is for scouts and stuff like that, but. I know that uh, I've seen guys with a Dren heavy suit, uh, you know, absolutely wreck shop uh, because you get the benefit of a lot of the passives and the skills, even if you've protoed up a Sentinel suit. You know, it, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty fucking significant, uh, more so than most suits, I think. Yeah, because I, mean, I think I do fairly well in my 
recently been playing the commando. I think the only thing that's not a standard or militia on it is the complex is the single complex armor wrap. Everything else is standard. And I, I, you know, I don't know, maybe KDR like four or five, something like that on most matches. And so, I mean, the, having maxed out skills is a huge deal. I, I guess the point I'm getting at is that if you give players access to some better equipment, it kind of helps them bridge that SP gap a little bit sooner because the SP gap is going to always be the deciding factor. But I think if, if they can get the support skills, the, the modules, the suits up, you know, a little bit sooner, I think it's going to help in overcoming some of the, the big disadvantage they have against the guys running, you know, 40 million SP with a proto suit. You know, it, it does kind of help get that advantage evened out in that regard, at least in terms of gear. And then they can, you know, use skill to try to overcome the, the SP advantage. Yeah, and this is these are the things that I think you guys are going to be dealing with over time is in the CPM, you know, whether it's either Dust or Legion. Um, it's it's just kind of that ongoing cycle of balance uh, or kind of trying to find the sweet spot for all these different things, which we can have a whole, a whole separate show on. But um, I think we had a pretty good run of topics tonight, guys. Um, and what I wanted to do was sort of move into shout outs here pretty quickly. Um, just to kind of sum it up, we had a little bit of a, a relaxed show tonight. It's a little slow, uh, a lot of inter- a lot of little things going on. Um, probably the most significant piece of news was the shutdown of the Australian server, uh, which, you know, while that's tough for our Aussie bros, that's, you know, no mean by no means is that a uh, restriction for them getting into the game. Uh, and, and in a weird way, maybe it will make it a little bit, uh, you know, push a little bit, push a few more people on the, the Asian or North American servers. So you get a little bit better in uh, matchmaking. A um, little bit of discussion about what we were all doing in game, just kind of kicking some ideas around. A uh, little, little bit of good talk about the LP stuff and the faction warfare payouts, uh, which I think is a good continuation of the discussion we were having for the last couple of weeks on, uh, you know, Dust, Even, Legion. And how the how they link together, and we we focused a lot on the faction warfare piece in the last two episodes, particularly when CSM CSM Funky Bacon was here. We we had a lot of uh, good exchanges on that, and I think I, I, the more I'm looking at to, into it, the more I'm looking at, you know, I think Dust really should hang its hat on the faction warfare aspect of the game uh, as a great way to sustain the player base and to really. Um, explore a lot of different things that you can do inside the game. And, and hopefully maybe that carries over to Legion too, because I, I think we're all pushing for that, that Eve link, um, even, it's tenu- even though it appears tenuous right now on the design path. So um, with that, guys, what I'd like to do is kind of move right into shout outs. Uh, so pitch up to anybody that you want. And, and again, we appreciate everybody for coming on the show tonight. And, uh, you know, for all the guys out there listening, all the guys and gals listening or downloading, was a little bit of a short one, but that's okay. We need to do those occasionally because we'll, we will also have our, uh, you know, our marathon two-hour sessions here on occasion too. So we're trying to even it out. We might uh, actually be, this might be the first one we we actually hit our target. So, you know. Well, you know. That's, I'm, I'm staying with my KDR of one then. Excellent. Okay. So, uh, Iron Wolf, you're up first, brother. I'd like to give a shout out to my fellow CPM uh, one electees for um, sticking it out with us so far and trying to get caught up on speed on everything. And hopefully we can have a really good term this year. Outstanding, man. Uh, Derry, shout outs. Uh, shout out to all the listeners out there. Thanks for uh, laying us for you or entertaining you for the an hour each week. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. <laughs> That's fair enough, brother. Um, Pokey? 
Uh, shout out to OSG, my corp. Uh, and also shout out to the Oceana guys. You know, I, I really feel for you. It really sucks you lost your server, but, you know, I, I hope to see you in game soon. And uh, shout out to Ratani. You know, thanks. You're doing a lot of good work and uh, hoping to see Charlie soon and looking forward to it. Cool. And Sir Manboy? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> getting to know a lot of the CPM1 guys uh, over the last week has been a lot of fun. And uh, I had a conversation with Denny Blue, a lot of smoke up his ass about, you know, all the fine work that guys like him do in the game because he runs a big corp and, you know, they're responsible for so much training and so much recruitment. And just they're, they're such a, uh, uh, you know, a huge asset to the community. And I just want to give a huge shout out to really everybody who's like that. All of you guys in leadership, you CEOs, officers, directors who are in corps like um, Dust University, Latino Killers Corps, Subdreadit, uh, KEQ, um, the list goes on. You guys play such a, a vital role in this community. And I just want to say, you know, thank you and keep up the great work. And hopefully, um, you know, with these changes in faction warfare, we can see a, a resurgence in a lot of ways. And maybe that'll help with some even additional recruiting and, and, and maybe you guys can, uh, sort of revitalize your communities out there. So again, thanks for everything you guys do out there. You're a big part of this, uh, the success this game has enjoyed. It has been somewhat limited, but um, thanks to you, it's as good as it is. So I appreciate it. No problem, brother. Uh, Soraya? Yeah, I'm going to give my uh, shout out uh, not only to the uh, CPM1 elect, but uh, to CPM0 for uh, holding down the fort for the past 18 months. Um, uh, they, they, well, well deserve a rest and a break, and uh, you know I hope they enjoy that. Um, ex- except for except for Iron Wolf, because he does not get a break. He he just gets to go right back to work. Just a masochist. And Zatara. Um, check check. I'm still here, right? Yep, and yep. disconnect once this time. This is a record, and it's only because I think the the sh- the the podcast was so. Short this time. Well, um, it's because you weren't. It's because you weren't talking as much as usual. You that's you true. Too much bandwidth. That's that's also true. Um, I think I'd uh, just like to give a shout out to Ben this week, uh, CCP Logi Bro, for for dealing with all the stuff on the forums uh, recently. Even though he's on a long weekend, I, we've been uh, having some some interesting threads go around. If you've been paying close attention um, to. Uh, to the recruitment section of the forums and uh, <laughs> poor Ben, poor Logi bro. He's just had his hands full on this weekend. So I just want to give a shout out to him. He does a lot of work and uh, does a lot of things on his own time to ben- to benefit the game. And uh, he doesn't have to. So I just, I just want to give a shout out to him and all the hard work he does. Awesome, man. I, I've, I've seen some of that too. Be early. nice to the devs on weekends. Seriously. Yeah, no, no, that's no joke. Like I actually mentioned that the other week in my shout out. That's 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 like quite serious. Like a lot of a lot of dudes get on the forums on the weekends, and so they like start demanding answers and you know punching buttons and raging and stuff. And you know they, they tend to forget that that's the other dude's weekend, and he's actually trying to do what you're doing, which is relaxing and doing something other than work. Um, so I've got two shout outs tonight. One of them uh, to anybody involved in making Guardians of the Galaxy. Freaking straight up movie. Uh, took took the family to that here, right here. before the show. That I highly recommend. I, I definitely want to give a plug plug to uh, to that movie for everybody out there. An absolutely just a, a lot of fun to go see. Uh, really, they really did a good job with that one. So highly recommend you bring. Uh, you know, that's good as a solo or with your buddies or if you got even my five year old, he loved it. So um, have at it, guys. And and at some point, by the way, Soraya, please mark this down. 
we need to go around all of our regulars and figure out who fits which Guardians of the Galaxy character the most. So that'll, that should that'll be, be, our, that should be, be next, fun next, for next week's week. topic. Yeah, I believe we can do that. Um, and the next, the last thing we we'll do is give a uh, guy by the name of Miguel Caron a uh, a shout out. Uh, I won't go into a lot of details, but he's a good dude and he's doing a lot of really good work uh, on a variety of different projects. And uh, just somebody I want to give a shout out to. And I do know that he listens to the podcast on occasion. And uh, I'll talk to you guys in the after show about that one. So uh, take it easy, guys. And we will bring this episode to a close. We really appreciate everybody joining us and signing off for the night. <laughs>